Let's open our Bibles together today to Matthew chapter 2. And in uh, Matthew chapter 2, we'll be looking at verses 1 through 12 today. I just wanted to read those verses first and just kind of let those words wash over us of the, this portion of the Christmas story. Uh, this is actually about two years after Jesus was born. We noticed that because the first verse says, now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem. And then you'll notice later on as we read this, that it happens that um, it says that they were actually in a house at this point. So they're no longer in the manger. They're now at the house. And we pick up the story. This is two years later. We find them still in Bethlehem. And this is the way it reads. <clears throat> it says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard of this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who shall shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise man, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search out carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which was seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy, and, they, and when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then, being divinely warned in a dream they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. As we look at this passage today, what I really want to do is just answer about three questions from this passage. I want to take a look at it together and answer these questions. And as I think about our union with Christ and us being with Christ this Christmas and where we are this Christmas, I think about my kids who are getting married. That's big on my mind this year because we will have all three of our kids getting married within the same year. So from June to June, three, all three of our kids will be out of the house and married. And my uh, youngest is proposing on Christmas Eve. And my oldest is getting married on New Year's Eve. And as he gets married, his priorities are changing. And I think about how our priorities change whenever we have to think about other people. That's what my son is going through. 
And if Christmas should be about anything about Christ, it ought to be about uh, other folks. And it ought to be about how Jesus came and came for us and how we ought to give our lives for other people, don't you think? I think about that with my son because here's what happened. I went down to see him in Nashville. And as I'm going down to see him, I noticed that he said, Dad, come in here, come in here. You got to see this. You got to see this. He said, do you know what rabbit ears are? And I said, yeah, I know what rabbit ears are. I, uh, we, we grew up with rabbit ears on the TV, you know. And he said, well, I got rabbit ears on my TV now. And he said, I get like 40 channels for free. And they come in really clear. He said, Dad, some of these are HD. And I get all of these channels now. And I'm going, where is my son? This is the same kid that, you know, a few years ago, just a couple of years ago, was like, Dad, come on, you know, why don't you pony up for the ESPN 2 and 3 here? Well, why don't you get the upgrade cable? You know, Dad, it's not that much. Why don't you upgrade and get a little bit more on the dish or whatever it is, right? And he wanted to do that because it was my money he was spending, not his, Right? But all of a sudden, when he's getting ready to get married, and he has to think about another life. He has to think about somebody else. And he has to think about maybe getting kids one day, maybe having children one day. He's like, oh yeah, I need to save my money. TV's not that important. $9 rabbit ears will do just fine. What changed? What changed was his priority of thinking of someone besides himself. Let's examine this scripture today in light of where are we this Christmas? That's what we, wanted, that's what we need to look at. The first thing it says here in this passage, beginning in verse 1 and 2, it says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, Behold, wise men came from the east, came from the east, came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. The first question I want us to examine is where is the Savior? Where is the Savior? That's the question of the world. That's maybe the most important question we'll deal with, I don't know. But it's, where is the Savior? That was the question they were asking. Where is he who has been born King of the Jews? And the wise men from the East don't represent the religious crowd. The wise men from the East represent the pagan world searching for God. They represent people coming from a culture who didn't know God to a culture who is steeped in the traditions of God, the Jerusalem culture. And they're coming from one place to the other. So it represents the pagan world coming to say, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? That's the question of the world. Where is the Savior? Now the world is in chaos. The world is in chaos. The world is in disarray. The world is in bad shape. And the church is the only one with the answer. It, we're the only one with the answer of Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ is the only answer. 
And so my question to you today is this, is that they saw this star in the east. They came to worship him because they saw his star. The Bible says they saw his star. It belonged to him. That was his star. And they followed it to come and worship him. So my question is, is this, is what does the world see of evidence of Jesus Christ this Christmas season in us as evidence. When the chaotic world around us, when many people around Christmas time, it's, it's not the happiest time of the year for them. Some people, it's the most depressing time of the year for them because they don't know the Savior, because their family is in chaos, because things are just bad for them right now. So whenever this time of year rolls around, do they see his star, which is us? Do they see his star in us? Do they see Jesus and want to come worship him? That's my question. First, do they see him in us? Do they see him in us? As the lost and hurting world around us, when they look around and they say, where is Jesus this Christmas? Do they look and they say, oh yeah, he's right there. That's where he is. He's with those people. Let me come and worship him. Is that what they see? My, my next question is, is not just do they find him in us? Do they find him here my next question is this, is, is where is the Savior as they're looking for us? Where is the Savior when they're looking to us? And as they're looking, does it make them want to come and worship him? Because here's the deal, right? Like whenever they see Jesus, whenever they see Jesus in us, if indeed they do see Jesus in us, they should expect to see Jesus in us. They should expect to be able to have the right to look at the church and say, yeah, this Christmas, if I want to know where Jesus is, he's right there. And if they look there, does what they see make them in the world want to come and worship the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the God of all creation? Does it inspire them to come and worship See, there's no star. There's no star. We're it. And especially as I look around and see the chaos around us, we're it. Does it make them want to worship Him? It should. That's the question the world is asking. Where's the Savior? Where is he who has been born King of the Jews? We have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. The next question I have is this, is where are God's people? It says, when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where, this, where the Christ was to be born. 
So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. So, that was the question of the world, but this is the question for the church. It is where are God's people? See, they came and Herod, we enter, we enter God's people, it says all Jerusalem was troubled along with Herod. So Herod is greatly troubled. The reason Herod is troubled, Herod is troubled because Herod is afraid. He is a pagan. He is a ridiculously wicked man. Herod is not a good man. If you read on in the story, you find out that he slaughtered all of these children that were under two years old. And so he's a really, really bad guy. And the reason why he's deceiving the wise men and the reason why he's troubled when he hears about this announcement is because he is afraid he will lose power. See, he heard that this was the king of the Jews. And he was a Roman and here he is as a Roman and he's looking at the king of the Jews and he says, oh no, the king of the Jews has been born. He is worried he is going to lose his power. You know why he's worried he's going to lose his power? He's worried because that's what lost pagan folks do. He was just doing what his daddy told him. He, was, he did not know Christ. He did not know the Lord. And so he was just doing what was in his heart, which was nothing good at all. So Herod isn't what disturbs me. You know what disturbs me in the passage? What troubles me in the passage is this. It said he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. I get it from Herod. I get it from the Romans. I don't get it from all Jerusalem. And then I say, surely they must mean the lost in Jerusalem. Surely they must mean the people who did not know God in Jerusalem, but that's not what they meant. It said all in Jerusalem. And it says this, it says, and when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, these were of the people, representative of the people, together he asked them where Christ was to be born. This is where the story really gets messed up. The story really gets messed up here. Because here's the deal. Where are God's people? And they're troubled because Christ is coming. And the reason they're troubled is the same reason that Herod is troubled. All Jerusalem, the chief priests and the scribes and the Pharisees in this passage are all troubled because they fear they're going to lose their power. They fear they're going to lose their control. They fear they're going to lose something because it says clearly in the scriptures, they quoted the scriptures, he will come and he will be the shepherd of my people and he will be the ruler of my people. And when he shows up, friend, he is large and he is in charge. They knew that. And the more troubling it gets is because in this first Christmas 
<laughs> second, third Christmas, two years later. Right? In this Christmas story, what happened is it says that the chief priest and the scribes and the Pharisees knew where he was. They said he is in Bethlehem. My question is, in, why are you here? If he's in Bethlehem, why are you here? Why is, it that the, why is it that the wise men traveled on over to Bethlehem to see the Savior, but we don't find the chief priests and scribes and Pharisees going with them? The reason they didn't go to the Savior is because they were just like Herod in that they were troubled by Christ. That's the question for the church. Is where are God's people? That's the question for the church as a whole. As I think about that, let's think about where are God's people? And are we where Jesus is? I'm just going to be honest with you all and just kind of lay it out there. I know there's, I know there's friction and division in the church sometimes. Can I tell you why I believe that is? I believe that's because this is a great lighthouse in this community and Satan hates it. And he wants to attack it. I asked a friend and mentor of mine recently, just this last week, how he deals with it when sometimes there's some division and friction within the church. You know what he told me? He's a wise man. He said this to me. He said, Mitch, the first thing I tell them is that neither side are right because division has nothing to do with Jesus. <laughs> but I believe that Satan attacks this church because this is a great church. I believe that Satan attacks this church because this church is full of great people who want to serve, honor, and love Jesus Christ. I believe that. This passage says this. They quoted the scripture. They knew where he was. But you, Bethlehem, and the land of Judea are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people. That's good news. That's good news because the solution, the solution to some of these challenges that we face, the solution to some of these challenges we face is right here in the scripture. It's right here in this passage. And here's the solution. The solution is this. It's that the pastor's not in charge. That the deacons aren't in charge. That the members aren't in charge but that Jesus Christ is in charge. 
and that he be the ruler of his people. They belong to him and he rules them rightly. And he said he will be the big shepherd. He will be the capital S shepherd and he will shepherd his people. That is the good news of Christmas. But can I say something honestly to you? Let's just remember that if he's the one that's in charge of the church, guess who's not? Me and you. We're not. Last time I checked, he said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Jesus Christ said that. <laughs> Belongs to Him. And that's a good thing. He goes on to say this. It says, Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise man, determined from them what time and the star it appeared, and he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. Of course, he was lying. When they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. When they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and they worshiped him. When they had opened their treasures, they presented the gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And then being divinely warned in a dream they should not return to Herod, they departed to their own country another way. First question is, where is the Savior? That's the world's question. The second question is, where are God's people? That's a question for the church. But the last question is, where are you? And that's a question only you can answer. <laughs> I'm not talking about where are you physically. I'm talking about where are you in the Lord. The Bible says that when they came... And they found him, these wise men who would have undoubtedly been stately dignitary type folk, came and fell down and worshiped him. That's the position of submission. That's the position of submission. So my question to you today is this, is where are you? Are you entirely submitted? It's a personal question. It's not a question you can answer for your neighbor. It's not a question you can answer for your kids or your grandkids. It's not a question you can answer even for your spouse. It's only a question you can answer for you. And that question is, and I have to answer the same question for me, by the way, and it's where are you? Are you submitted this Christmas season to the Lordship of Jesus Christ in your life? That's where the rubber meets the road. If you are, 
Then when Christ shows up, you act like these guys did. <laughs> You're not troubled by that Christ shows up. You're glad that Christ shows up and you rejoice with exceedingly and great joy that Jesus is here. Because he's the ruler. And our only possible response is to fall down. And worship him as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. See, Jesus Christ is returning again. Sometimes I think about when I will stand before him and he will ask me what I've been doing since I've been saved. I wonder how that conversation will go, and it makes me a little nervous. But then sometimes I wonder about when Jesus Christ is coming again. This was the first coming we talked about here. But what about when he comes again? What about when he comes back the next time? How will that be for you and for me when he comes back the next time? Because, friend, if I read my Bible correctly, this may sound crazy to you, but it's in the Word and I believe it. And that's this, that we may not all face death we may face an scarier prospect than death, and that is that Jesus Christ returns while we're doing whatever it is we're doing, whether we are submitted or not submitted when he returns. And if we are not submitted, then when, friends, we have great reason to be troubled this Christmas season. But... If we are submitted to him as our Lord and as our Savior, and he's the one on the throne, then we can have great joy. No matter what chaos is going on around us, no matter what other folk are doing, no matter what our family's doing, we can have a great and exceeding joy and we can worship Him rightly. Where are you? Pray with me. Father, we submit ourselves to You today. And we ask you to help us to be assigned to those around us this Christmas. That they would see Jesus in us and want to worship him. Help us live like that, Father. Especially this Christmas season. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.